What's going on, everybody? It's me, Joel. I am back again. As you'll see, I have glasses on today. For those of y'all who are in the YouTube universe, yes, I do. I had my eyes my eyes dilated today, and I'm attempting to protect them as best as I can. But nonetheless, we are going to have a great show. Anyhow, it's going to be awesome. We've got Danielle Youngers that is going to be coming for and she is a she is a entrepreneur she's a mompreneur and she likes to help mompreneurs but before we get to her let's talk about a few things we want you to make sure that you like subscribe that you that you follow us in all of these different platforms so where are we you can find us on YouTube Spotify Anchor Google and you can also find us in Apple all right we want to remind you about all those different things. All right, don't forget to don't forget to uh, to check us out and uh, check us out on Mondays. On every single Monday, there's going to be Michael Seville. It's my co-host inside of my co-host inside of the Community Beacon. You'll find him there doing his Monday nights with Mike, and that will be at nine o'clock. We're back here. Every single, every single Wednesday at 12.30. And at 12.30, you'll have us available for the It Starts With Me podcast. And then at 6.30 on Fridays, you'll be able to find us here again inside of the YouTube studio doing the Community Beacon where myself and Michael Seville will be there to help open up the liberties of the mind Hopefully, people will be able to learn something as we continue to learn things that will liberate us and make us uh, part of the best version of ourselves possible. All right, let's talk about Danielle. Danielle, she is, as I said before, a mompreneur. She comes out of Tennessee, and she is a mom of five growing children that she has homeschooled. She owns her own business. It's called the Sunray Recovery Coaching. And what she does is she encourages and coaches overwhelmed moms to find the compassion, courage, and strength within them to become the mighty moms that they want to be. At this time, I want to welcome to your front, Danielle. Hi, everyone. Hey, Danielle. How are you doing? Doing good. Awesome. I'm so glad to hear so glad to hear and so glad to have you on the show today. So what has what has your last three to four days been like so far? And by the way, happy Mother's Day. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Mother's Day was wonderful. My all five kids were home and we um, we had a, a good time hanging out together and and stuff. I have two that are away at college. And, um, yeah, so it's been pretty good. Um, I took some imperfect action in my business, and that's how I look at every everything that I 
do for my business, you know, that it, it doesn't need to be perfect. It just, it needs to be done. And I can always, <clears throat> excuse me, always come back and make it better. That's an interesting way of looking at things. And, you know, I like that because really many people will not start because they believe it has to be perfect when essentially really what needs to happen is you need to do it. Yep. No. So that's cool. So tell me something and tell me about your children. You say you have two in college. Yes. Uh, my oldest is um, getting her master's in history and which is so awesome. And uh, I homeschooled all of them. And so, and the program that I used, uh, use history as the foundation because it, you know, it, it's said that if we don't understand history, we're doomed to repeat it. And uh, so I love that, um, that they brought different people in missionary. We had missionaries we talked about um, and different inventors of, of stuff. I mean, and that's just the tip of the iceberg of the history. And, um, and so she my love for history she's taken on and that's awesome i have another daughter who's an artist and she's um working on her art and wanting to start her own business uh, soon and then i have two sons that are both in college and one's a, a junior and one's a sophomore and um then I have my youngest who is 16 and just got her license and wow. she is, she is ready to go. <laughs> nice. Nice. So my middle child just got her license as well. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm the one who's been teaching her how to drive. Who's teaching your uh, youngest how to drive. Oh, Dad did. The, the hardest part, I wanted to ha continue to have a pleasant relationship with her, so I didn't <laughs> teach her to drive. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. I'm, I'm good with that. I know that it wasn't until my daughter had probably had, you know, 100 hours on the road with me, maybe 70 hours before my wife really entertained her driving. So I get it 100%. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. That, that's cool too. Yeah. So, and funny thing about it is, I actually taught my oldest daughter. So, I have three children as well. The oldest one is 23. She's in college. She's uh, up north. And then I'm in Florida. So, she's up there in uh, Virginia. Then my middle child, she's 16, dual enrolled, uh, looking to enter into microbiology. Uh, so, and then I have my youngest, my little one, my last one, which is my boy. He's 11 years old, and he has promised me that he will never leave me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I think about that, and I'm like, ah, is this a good thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, let him get older, and he'll 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 decide he wants out. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he will. You know, I just I love my kids so much. My kids were a pivotal moment in my life, you know, 
when I knew the first child was coming about, you know, I stopped everything that I was doing and I heartfeltly considered what kind of person I was at the time and what I would do. Because one thing I said I would never do was I would never leave my child without a father. Yeah, that's a courageous. Yeah, action. well, I appreciate that. So tell me more about your business. You know, how are you encouraging these 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 mompreneurs? Well, um, I am on Facebook, and I write. Um, uh, they're just PDFs that that I um, send to them as, as they want them. I don't push it on anybody and, um, and stuff. And then um, as people get to know me more, you know, we move into, we can move into a coaching relationship and where um, I encourage women, moms, to um, we tend sometimes as moms we get a little lost in the middle of being a mom, and the 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 world I, ideal is that a, a mom sh should be able to take care of all the, her children and keep the house clean and and all the dishes done and all that and even have a job. And sometimes we get lost in the mix of that. And so what one thing that I do is um, helping them reconnect to their body because when we get stressed and anybody gets stressed or overwhelmed, they uh, we tend to disconnect from our body by watching Netflix, you know, and some, and I'm not against Netflix. Um, it's just an example, like we'll, we'll watch 10 episodes, you know, or maybe not that many, but um, we just take that time and that's supposed to relax us and calm us, but all that, all the time we spend on computers, you know, there's lots of research that we need to take a break and step back and it's easy to, to not be in our bodies. And so we talk about you know, how um, God intended us to be connected and be present with ourselves. And as we do that, we have we actually have more quality time with whoever we're in the presence of. And and that means that we're showing up as a mighty mom to our kids. And it's not about you know add forty different things. Um, to make yourself a mighty mom, it's just cultivating the uh, the values and the strengths that moms have, and and building that up so that they can walk from that. And when they lose, we you know we sometimes lose our way. That that she can re-anchor and to that. You know, maybe she needs more compassion for herself. 
and she realizes that. And I've had a couple of clients that way that um, there was no taking care of themselves. They were just totally focused on everybody else. And if we as moms in particular don't take time for ourselves, then we're pouring from an empty cup. And so, you know, God, taking time to have uh, time with God and it, you know, and sitting with God is not, doesn't have to be two hours and, and 50 prayers and, you know, a whole chapter of the Bible. It can be as little as five minutes, just sitting in his nature and breathing or to however long someone wants to get up and do the whatever process it's being it's not being dictated to it's that we all have options and we have choices and so to show moms that they have choices in how to show up each day and how how any individual sets up their day it helps them have a better day throughout and and then when you know we lose it, we can come back to that moment where we sat in, to, in nature or, or here at my desk is where I meditate and pray and I have a wonderful view outside my window and it brings calm, that calm and that comfort back to us through the day. And, you know, a slogan in the addiction world uh, or, um, recovery world is one day at a time, you know, to focus on that and not dwell in the past and not dwell in the future. Very well, very well spoken. I definitely feel as if like your superpowers began to rise up out of your conversation. I can hear and see how as a coach, you're able to get your message across I'd love to talk a little more about some of those things that you were just mentioning. But first, I want to kind of get a greater feel from you. Mm -hmm. How did you become this individual who inspired to inspire moms? Well, I went, um, when I got married, we knew we would have kids and someday and, um, but I was, you know, I was working, my husband was working and um, we, we lived that way until we decided we were ready to have kids. <laughs> and so we, um, when we did, I quit work because that was a value that we grabbed hold of was that I would be a stay at home mom and he, he was at a job that would sustain us. And we felt like that was God's plan for us. And I, both of us had been raised in different churches, but we had a pretty good foundation together of what we believed in and how we wanted to have our life together. And so in about nine years, I had all five of my kids. And I started getting a little bit weighed down. and and not quite sure of myself, you know, and 
and I sought God in, in that and I you know we did service at church and and helped out wherever we could and 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 that that helped you know being connected to community and to resources where you can be built up and um, you know especially with with my relationship with God really grew in that time and you know because children teach us so many things <laughs> about God and the world and and stuff and then we we'd been there about 15 years and the church split and I was very hurt um, and I felt like I lost my identity and I lost the place where I served and that that devastated me and so I kind of just stepped away from God in, in this whole, the whole aspect of Christianity, not all the way, you know, but I was close to that fence, I'd say. And so we, um, and I got into alcohol and to um, into other things that I thought might heal me from this wound because it just, I mean, it was taking too long. But God, rich in mercy, um, had put a person in my life before the, the church fell apart and she was an artist. And she came into my life and I took art classes with her and she was a Christian, so so we became friends and she would speak to me about God, but she also accepted all my questions. And so that anchored me a little bit more in my relationship, but I still didn't trust God. And, um, and I fell into major depression and, and didn't, didn't know how to get out of it. And, you know, from a good few good meaning Christians, you know, there was the questions, you know, like you're a Christian, you shouldn't be struggling with depression. Um, if, you know, just read enough scripture, it'll be better, you know, and so, you know, well-meaning stuff and that didn't, but that didn't help. And so I um, went to my doctor, got on some medication and then I looked for a Christian therapist and, and what the biggest key to that is I started asking for help. I stopped trying to fix myself and started looking for answers to God and just asking people to pray for me, not giving them details necessarily. And so I got in with this therapist and, um, we talked about some things that had happened, you know, in my childhood. Um, I had severe asthma for about three years and almost died several times, according to my mom. They just didn't have the meds then that they do today. And, um, and I just kept asking for help. And it's 10 years this month. Yeah. At church split and over the last last six years as i've asked for help i've found 
community. I've found people who support me. I have what I call a support bridge and that, you know, I have professionals and friends and, and fellow travelers who walk with me and, and my relationship with God is so amazing. It's better than when I was a kid and, you know, I believed in Jesus. He was real to me and I've always held on to G the Jesus part of faith. Um, even through that dark time, I just didn't know what to do with God and trusting him. And I, you know, I had learned some mistruths to that. And so, um, you know, I, God is judge, but first it says he's love and he it's unconditional love. And so when I learned and realized that he loved me so fully, even in that darkness and that, um, the middle of that pit that he, he loved me enough to bring people into my path and he gave me the courage to ask for help. And, and so I've received a lot of tools, um, you know, the Bible and meditating on his word and daily readings and meditate, meditating and, um, and breath. The breath is so important to us. And, you know, back in Genesis, God breathed life into Adam, you know, and he's still breathing into us, I believe. And so, um, you know, I have, uh, as I've, you know, we continue to have struggles and, and other things going on that are hard to go through. I've been able to take the tools and, and that he's given me and walked, you know, keep walking through that dark pit or the shadow of death, um, whatever metaphor you want to use. And he's walked me through to the other, to the other side. And now being that mom that was kind of lost and then kind of really lost in that depression, um, reaching back and pulling, help, helping encourage women who are in one, one of those spaces and pulling them back out with what God's given me and teaching them the tools that I learned that took me several years to, to figure out. Now I just want women to have them, you know, to, to have that understanding of what it's beneficial and that there's multiple ways to do things. It's not about my way. It's about what relates to the, the moms I'm serving. You know, if, if they like nature, then we're gonna talk about the benefits of nature. If prayer is the most important thing, bringing in how we can pray, um, that changes, that's powerful and change our lives. That's, uh, that's really powerful, you know, because I think that when it comes down to it, sometimes we expect for or sometimes people expect for any type of coach to be able to help them in their specific type of environment. And what they'll end up finding is, you know, they'll look for a life coach and that life coach isn't really activating what they need. 
So you being so specific, you know, being faith-based and being a mompreneur, you know, it just seems as if finding that niche, because there's plenty of moms, particularly, you know, that you can speak with, not that there's not any fathers, you know, but it's just that you bring this wealth of understanding and compassion and the components of your experience is really what is touching and moving and the fact that you're standing after going through so many different things. And it's, I appreciate it, especially when somebody is able to speak about what they've gone through. It brings this realism. You know, I recall quite some time ago, I had, uh, I had a counselor and the counselor began to counsel me. And I was like, this lady is out of her mind. She just, no way. She was, uh, she was abusive. She was abusive to me. She was abusive to the other guys that she was dealing with. Some of the things that she would do is she would say things like, listen, if you don't do X, Y, Z, and I had like, I, I had opportunity uh, to do something, then I will take this away from you. And my mother taught me, she said, listen, just journal everything. And, you know, eventually one day came about time where my mother was able to uh, ask her. And I said, mom, she ain't right. And my mom said, well, how do you prove that? I said, well, I journal. And she said, well, give me the journal. And I gave her the journal. And one thing that my mother taught me was that, you know, um, and I call it, now I call it, um, you know, being high. I don't know uh, how, how all of our listeners will take that initially. But high means to be honest, have integrity, be humble, and be genuine. So to stay high is to have those four characteristics inside of your life. And if you have those four characteristics inside of your life, like me, I wrote in that type of mindset. So when it turned out, when she wanted to know if I had done anything wrong, it was in there. It was in the book. Everything I said, everything that I did, without apology, I wrote it. I said such and such. I did such and such. You know, I was a jerk. And then she said this, this, that, and the other. And my mother shut the book on that lady. And that was the end of it. I never saw her again for the rest of my life. You know, and the thing is, is there are a lot of counselors, a lot of people, no matter what, uh, 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 no matter what section of life or no matter what background, they are there. But when you find somebody like you, Danielle, who's just like, listen, I've been there and I am offering you of my experiences, my sacrifices, my hurt, my pain, my sufferings. And guess what? Also, I am offering you my victories because I know that these things work. I think that makes a difference. And I hope that we have a lot of moms listening today to hear some of what you have to say. Thank you. That's um, that. That's awesome, and I love the your definition of high. That just you know honesty and genuineness and. I mean, and and that's I, I believe that's where it is. You know, just stay humble, keep your integrity, stay honest, be genuine, and things will work out. So. Now, this is this is 
a huge thing, I believe, you know, in dealing with, you know, the quote unquote church world. That's a hard thing because you're saying how the church split and then also how when people were speaking to you that they just expected for you to just read the Bible and everything will be all right until you met this one friend who was an artist and a Christian. Tell me more about the characteristics of that one person and why that person uh, was granted the opportunity to befriend such a lovely person like you. Um, well, Deborah, um, she she had been raised similar to to me, and you know, in 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 doctrine and um, the precepts of the church and, you know, what was taught regularly. And so we had commonality in that and that she was an artist. Um, she, she does abstract work and I love abstract and I fell in love with her work. And so I wanted her to teach me. So, you know, I knew she was a Christian and, and that didn't, there was something about her, you know, the, the Holy Spirit had to radiate from her because I was drawn to her and that just, you know, and, and so I knew that she, I just trusted Jesus that she was safe. And so I asked her a hard question one day and, you know, and I don't remember what exactly, but it's, you know, why, do why did these Christians, you know, get so divided that it split up the church? And you know, of course, there's any number of answers to that. But you know, we're we're human, and so we talked about that, and you know, a little bit. And then you know, I just kept asking questions and I'd, I'd tell her how I was struggling with um, reading God's word. I would get so um, tied, up, tied up in church with scriptures and, um, and we get what's called triggered. You know, it, mm. it just set me off and so you know, then I start. I started having panic attacks for a while in church, and so. But it was, it was so drilled in me that I needed to be there that I kept going, and through some tools that my therapist um, taught me, and and even even medicine, I I was able to work through those triggers. Um, I couldn't. I couldn't watch people preaching online or on the TV. Um, and God brought us to a church that was just, was safe. And I mean that as the pastor was gentle and he was, you know, honest. And he, he preached from the word, you know, and he, you know, he talked about some doctrines and stuff, but I was able to kind of, step away from that, you know, and just kind of, okay, right now I can't handle that. And that just became 
what I did is I was there and I took what I needed and left the rest for God to take care of. Excuse me. And so I decided to um, with, with the work. I, I started. Um, so I started asking her why, you know, why, why am I suffering from panic attacks and stuff? And we just look in the word. And she'd encourage me and she was learning some, um, she was studying the Bible to find out, you know, why God created us. And, um, you know, he created us for so much more than what a lot of times we live as a Christian, you know, because we want to say, stay safe and, and we don't want to step out in, into things. And I know that I didn't want to step into any calling over you know those first couple of years after this the split and she was open and honest and when she she questioned me on my walk i was able to tell her because we had a relationship and we trusted and that so that's that's how god used her um and stuff and you know we're friends and She's doing what God called her to do, and and she was the first person I was able to sit and hear teach God's word in a conference she did, and I and I didn't get triggered. Um, I wanted to run sometimes because she was speaking truth, but but I stayed because I knew it was God's trust. You know, God was saying, "This is for you. You need to sit and listen," and I obeyed. I think that that's really important, you know, because what I'm hearing is you describing the relationship that you had with this with this lady. And I think that that's important because sometimes, especially for those that are, you know, churchgoers, so to speak, you know, get wrapped up in bad relationships. And you can go somewhere where there is good intent and find somebody with bad intent. And if you get locked up with the individual bad intent, then, you know, there's old saying, one apple spoils the bunch, you know? Yes. And, and there's a biblical saying, you know, if it wasn't for Adam's sin, then we wouldn't have been held underneath sin. So it is the same, in, it's the same type of philosophy, really, the same type of learning, the same type of teaching. So the thing is, is like, we have to be able to free ourselves. My mentor, um, one of the bishops uh, that, that, I've, that I recall, he, he spoke out these words, don't let your ears be a dumping ground. So when you said that you would just, you would take what you need and you would just let God handle the rest, I'm like, yes, that's where it is, you know? Because sometimes we can get convicted with the wrong things by not paying attention. I think that what you're saying is very important. And especially for those that are really seeking out, you know, um, God as their answer. Because when we're going through these uh, people that are set in the way, you know, God's up here and then all these people are around here. And we meet the people first. Sometimes the people can 
be in such a way that we don't want to go any further. <laughs> yes, yes. Hey, that's it. I'm good. You know what? All right. I tell you what. I try to see you look up. You're like, listen, I tried. I'll be back again tomorrow or next week or next month, but I ain't dealing with that. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you have a little bit of that remedy in the relationship you built with your friend. Yeah. I like that word remedy. Well, it definitely seems like that's part of the, I wrote that down as uh, part of your tools. So I, from you, I, I've taken on that your tools are your Bible, your meditation, your community, your friendship, and your therapist. Is that right? Yeah. I might have missed something. Well, I mean, you know, I have my my husband yeah, and my husband. kids, you know, those are important supports. But other than that, yeah, I mean, those are key. Those are like keys to what I want to impart and encourage people. I had a feeling you were going to tell me that. That's why I said I might have missed something. I had a feeling it, I, as soon as I said, I was like, she's going to tell me about her husband. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, that's good because I think it's powerful. And I 100% agree. You have to have the right community, would you say? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Like a, the best community is um, that we're all equal mm. in, in God, you know, in, in church there, yes, there needs to be administration and people who are dedicated to the church, but we all don't need to be that person. We can, you know, we can serve and do what we need to. And then we we can still go out and do what God's called us, you know. Um, and but, you know, my prayers are just as important as the Pope's. You know, my my prayers are just as important as yours. And there isn't any, you know, God. It, there's a song that says, um, "I'm God's favorite" or something like that. And he, the thing is. Everybody that walks with him is his favorite. And he's able to hear all of us at once. I mean, can you imagine? I can't hear all five of my kids talking. You know, I have, I may hear two, but I can't hear them at anybody if they're all five talking at once, you know? But God can do that. And um, so that's just awesome. Yeah, beautiful. So, how do you know your community? You know, how do you know your friend? Um, well, first it was, was that Deborah told me she loved me. And, you know, at that moment, I didn't feel lovable. Um, and she was... You know, she was teaching me something that got, that God had gifted her and her talent, and and I saw, you know, God in her paintings, and and stuff. God in in her studio, and so I, you know, so I, without meaning to, cultivated, you know, I was cultivating that creativity, 
and um, and so you know I have friends that are are creative and we you know we talk on a level of creativity and God gave us that creativity you know but I also talk with people who aren't I have support that wouldn't aren't um, Christians but they're they accept me for who I am and they don't judge me and I don't judge them. And, you know, when I can, and I pray for them. Um, so a good community has acceptance uh, of where I am. You know, if I'm in the middle of depression, no one's beating me up about it. They're praying for me. They're loving on me. Um, they're connecting to me and God created us for connection and for community. You know, Jesus had his 12 that were his community uh, in his ministry. And then all the others, um, trustworthy and honest and, you know, open, open to the drug addict, open to the, um, the, those that are broken or, or depressed or bipolar or that need compassion, you know, being able to be open to those people coming in because everybody's looking for a solution. Hmm. And, and we know that God is in the solution business. He brought Jesus down to be fully human and fully God. And, he, he, he experienced emotion and feelings just like us. And, mm. you know, at, at the Garden of Gethsemane, he brought three people and they, and they basically checked out and left him. And he went back to him, but he found his comfort in God when that happened. And he asked, can I not do this? You know, and so he, you know, I, I feel like he experienced his body was probably experiencing some anxiety and, um, and some really sad thoughts. I mean, he knew what was going to happen and our bodies react. You know, if I, if I knew that I was going to go outside and be hit by a car, I'm going to not go outside. Right. You know, he, he said, okay, I'm going on the cross. So it's, And that, that's ultimately our solution to, to, ev to every problem and to every difficulty is that accepting God for who he is and because he accepts us for who we are. He loves us unconditionally. And I can't say that enough. And I didn't say that much here, but that's it. He, his love is unconditional. I love and it's it. anybody. I love it. I love it. So I took a few different things out of that. And I know that we're getting, we're getting ready to close out of this show. But in finding a friend and finding your community, I gathered three things that you mentioned. I just want to make sure that I'm clear on those. And one of them was for there needs to be a connection. Yes. Two, there needs to be acceptance. And three, there needs to be unconditional love. 
Yes. Yes. So if we find those, then we know that we have a friend. Absolutely. And we can build a community based off of those attributes of friends. Yes. I love that, how you put it. Awesome. I love it. I love, I'm just, you're giving it. You're giving it. I'm just, I'm just dissecting a few things. So listen, Danielle, how can uh, mompreneurs get in contact with you? Uh, on Facebook, if you um, search for Danielle Youngers or Sunray, S-O-N-W-R-A-Y. And I also have a website that's sunray.com, S-O-N-W-R-A-Y. Message me on Facebook, friend me, and we can talk. Awesome. Any final words? If, if I can say one thing again, is that God loves you and he's for you and not against you. And he, he wants you to know that. Beautiful. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you. All right, everybody, we've come to the close of another It Starts With Me episode. I hope that you all have enjoyed this episode. Danielle is a very sweet lady out in Tennessee, and she is working with mompreneurs. As you can tell, she is faith-based, and she has a strong faith and will absolutely bring that to the table when you meet with her. I hope that you all will take the opportunity to meet with her because I think that she does have some gems to share with you. So if there's anything that we can, we want to remember in this closing piece is that she uses tools like the Bible, meditation, community, friendship, even the therapist, as well as her family to be able to traverse these difficult times of life. And how do you find a friend? How do you know a friend is a friend? Well, when they present by connecting with you, unconditional love, and they have acceptance, then you know that you're on the right track. That is somebody that you can lean into. So make sure that they are honest and open as you are as well. And then you too can be like, uh, for all the ladies, you too can be like Danielle, a mompreneur, or you can just be a mighty mom in the words of Danielle. Listen, for all of you all out there from Japan to South Africa, to United States, to Canada, wherever you are listening to this podcast, also to the Philippines, a shout out there. Remember, as much as it starts with me, it starts with you. Peace.